Welcome to the Big Self Learning Curve. This week, we are continuing to try to learn a few things that about the times that we're in, always responding to those. And I think one of the things, Shelly, that you and I have been exploring is the idea of empathy. Now, I have to say that I've been on a little bit of an education about what empathy is myself. It is not uh, this light and fluffy thing that we think about. It is uh, when we, a lot of times when we think about it, it's actually a potentially pretty radical and incredibly empowering that we can work in. It's a, it's a process that we have to practice. It's different from compassion. It's different from sympathy. Uh, it does take some work. You're going to explain all this, I know. I'm trying to introduce the concept. Um, I will say this is what I know about it. We're going to basically do this as conducting it like interviewee to interviewer. Shelly is our expert on, on some of these things. You've been studying them for at least a decade, if not longer. But, you know, I would say to, to introduce what is empathy, it's the ability to step into the shoes of another person aiming to understand their feelings and perspectives and to use that understanding to to do something to act to have act to guide our actions and that's again how it's a little different from kindness or pity don't confuse it with the golden rule do unto others as you would have them do unto you because as george bernard shaw pointed out do not do unto others as you would have them do unto you they might have different tastes and empathy is about discovering those tastes. So with that said, Shelly, um, let's talk a little bit about empathy. How are you doing? Hi, good morning. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I, I think that um, <clears throat> I think about empathy, which is coming up in a lot of conversations I'm having right now um, with all kinds of friends, actually. So, um, you know, I think that empathy is really the bridge between uh, the questions that a lot of my white friends have and the experiences that a lot of my black friends are having. And so hmm. this idea of ushering empathy is what I think um, our lane is, my lane is, in terms of how I can help um, this movement that we're all a part of in um and helping bridge kind of these understandings between people that don't have the same li same lived experience. And so um, empathy's become something really obviously important anyway, but especially over the last few weeks, it's come up in a lot of conversations. And I wanted to talk about it. One, uh, a couple things first, uh, to set the table a little bit. Um, I, you know, I wanted to define what I mean by empathy. And, um, and then I wanted to share what I see are kind of five um, typical blocks that, that we can experience based on our personality, uh, our ego structure, different, five different things that get in the way of us really empathizing with someone else's lived experience. And so the first thing though, um, empathy is a skill so a lot of people ask, you know, is it emotion? No, it's not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It is a skill. 
It is uh, your level of empathy is a combination of factors. So how well you can empathize with another person. Uh, There are actually empathy regions in the brain. And depending on how well those fire um, is a lot largely dependent on how well you can empathize with somebody. And those fire really well in the brain when you've practiced it. So when you have the skill just like, um, you know, anything that we get good at, you have to practice it and your brain adapts to it and gets better and better at it. And so, um, it's not something that's like this static fixed trait. It is something that we can learn and build and grow into. Yeah. Um, well, what's interesting. So also as we're setting the table to some extent, I think empathy while right now, yeah, we're at this very sharp moment of wanting to talk about it again. I would say for at least the past decade, uh, it has been, uh, it's been a topic. It's been a hot topic at times. Um, like, uh, it's been business leaders have had these conversations a lot. It became uh, a trend topic, uh, with all the Ted talks in the 2014 and 2015s. Um, I, I think that so it's been it's been but now more than ever, um, you know, we can, I think, uh, really like look at it. But I, another aspect of it that I hear here's a couple of things before you tell me some blocks. I understand that we should we we should want it and that it is good for us. Like if you want to have the self-interested part, OK, it's work. But um, why would we want to have empathy? Empathy is on the decline culturally, in spite of the the past decades uh, trending interest in it. And also that I think one thing is you have to be curious. You have to be like an interested inquirer in the first place. And a lot of people just aren't interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do we yeah. do with all of well, that? And that's one of the things that does take time. And in our efficient kind of world, it's it's not always time is not some a commodity that we want to give to other people as well. Um, yeah, we have a lawnmower out here now. Awesome, right when we start. Um, so here's here's what empathy is. So empathy is the ability to simultaneously locate and feel your own emotional experience and then connect it with another person's emotional experience. And so, I, you know, a lot of people, like you've just said, it's ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes. And that's a great kind of simplistic way of thinking about it because what, what it is, uh, it's, it's really this um, paradox between a self-awareness and regulation and knowing your own emotions and then being able to identify and connect with that experience of another person. So for example, you know, when I was doing therapy and had clients who had all kinds of different lived experiences that I, I didn't have, um, one of them may have been, you know, uh, racism and discrimination and bias and and so I need to go, in order to empathize with that experience, I need to go into my own kind of emotional bank and locate, okay, when have I felt discriminated against? And what was that like? Well, that was painful. That was, there was a lot of hurt around that. Or I felt very lonely or humiliated. Whatever those emotions are around that. And then we, then, and only then can we step into the experience of the other person. So 
it's both. It's being able to simultaneously locate your own emotions and and then, you know, and here's where the hard part is, you kind of have to offset your emotions because it's not about you. When you're can and and emo- trying to empathize with somebody else, you are it's about them. You're walking into their experience. You are feeling what they experience. So you have to feel it in yourself, but then you have to sidestep it a little bit. But we don't want to do that, right? We're in a we're in a narcissistic culture. Right. We're in a self-interested, polarized culture. We yeah. don't want to understand the, uh, we know what they're going to say. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So you said over the last, you know, 2014, 2015, a lot in the business community are starting to see the value of the ROI value of being able to work as a team and this old this idea of collective intelligence and then and how do you pull people's like brain power together and the glue that does that is empathy it's being able to identify your own awareness of your emotions and then work with the team and step into their experience and so that's where the skill uh, in the business community is identifying that but Right, you're supposed to be better in business if you have these this diversity on your team, and yet it's harder to work with right. a diverse team in a sense. Yes, yeah, I think in some ways. I mean, I think if if you have if you don't have empathy, right, you have to be willing and ready and able to teach this skill. Um, so, well, so what's block number one? Okay, so we'll talk about the blocks. Um, block number one is the need for certainty. So this idea, um, you know, you think about the lo- a lot of the political landscape of our country right now, and people um, really are digging in their heels on kind of these poles between, you know, liberal, progressive, conservative, whatever. Yeah. And, um, and I, I've, re- I've been thinking about why is that? Why do we, why do we feel so threatened and really struggle with the ability to put ourselves into another's experience. And I think it is this need for certainty because to be uncertain creates anxiety. That ambiguity creates anxiety. And so the way that many of us, I think even unconsciously manage our anxiety is, is this, uh, this pursuit of certainty. So that keeps us very dug in um, and, and a wall built. And so to, to take that wall down is to be uncertain, to be wrong, um, to be curious, to be an explorer. And I think there's a lot of threat that comes with that. Yeah. I mean, I can, I mean, there's a a lot of people that foreclose at a, at very seemingly early periods of life where, uh, they feel like they've got the, the, the main things answered. They're going to sort of, have mm-hmm. their certainty about what they believe mm-hmm. on a lot yeah. of different levels. And I think beliefs, it, they take a long time to kind of build up. So when to, to, to dismantle them or to deconstruct them um, comes with a lot of identity deconstruction. And that is just a yeah. really, really hard place for people to be. So, so what we do instead is like, I don't want to look at myself and think about 
my beliefs and deconstruct those and think about who I am. So I'm just going to put a wall up or I'm just not even really going to try. <laughs> this to is interesting. So instead of trying to motivate people of why and how you can be uh, more empathic or empathetic, I think that's a synonym. Uh, instead you're saying that these are the blocks and why people don't do it. I like, it's kind of like reverse psychology you're doing here. So yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, okay. So yeah, lots of people are blocked because they want certainty and I don't know the answer to getting around that. So, you know, well, I mean, the answer to all these is, um, is a willingness to learn and a willingness to practice. And that's, and we have to practice with people that, we feel safe with, like I've had several people message me privately and Mm. they're like, and you know, they, they know I don't agree with their ideology and, and they don't agree with mine, but they say, um, I'm worried about getting blasted if I post this and I really just need somewhere to talk about this. Like, here's a question I have. Help me with, help me walk, help me with this. And so I think there's a, craving for these conversations and a willingness to be uncertain, but it's really hard right now because people are just vicious. So, but it's like, uh, I would argue push back slightly that the, the table has been set in a, in a very unique way, unique to your and my lifetime that, I mean, just, it seems like there is, I, I don't know. The, the conversation, the race conversations and, and other such conversations have always been threatening to me as well. I've, while I've wanted to have them, um, they can, it can be hard to hear that, you know, you are a privileged person and be in the seat of receiving the blame, mm-hmm. so to speak, even when you feel empathic and uh, are wanting to listen and feel like you were on their side until they started pointing the finger at you. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I had a conversation yesterday with a good friend about, um, the only way that we move forward here is in relationship and in connection with people. And Uh so everything you're saying, I think is, is a real genuine, um, fear. Maybe I'll say that a lot of folks have, a lot of people are like, I don't know what to say or how to say it. Like I want to learn and I want to, um, lean into this, these conversations, but it's like, I'm worried about how they're going to go. And, um, and, and, and so my friend, what we were talking about is like that you have to do that in relationship with people. And the way that you do that is you build trust, you try things out, you have a lot of grace for each other when it's not going to be perfect. Um, and you just keep doing the work. You just keep having the conversations and the way that you bridge, there is this there is through empathy okay yeah i mean well i think one of the things too i was saying is is just that i think the table has been set and there's more of an opportunity and what i'm hearing more and more and more is mm-hmm. will you just listen to our perspective will you just do you just listen to and mm-hmm. the, and to me that's and I, listen yeah. to it and honor it yeah listen to it and honor it that it is valid it is true <laughs> it is Um, this is my experience. Um, Yeah. Okay. Wow. So the, the, uh, well, let's try to keep, uh, keep the pace going here. What is block number two? So block number two, this is a little counterintuitive. Um, 
over empathizing. Huh. So there, um, I think some people like trying too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Where it becomes almost performative empathy and, um, there's a real, uh, almost merging with another person's viewpoint or opinion that you've, you have, you've skipped the step of locating it in yourself and you just go straight to the, um, the over empathizing where it's almost like it, uh, it takes, it's takes it out of the relationship and it becomes much more about almost like feigned empathy is the way I think about it. And this is, there's, you know, there's some personalities that, um, like, I think my personality, and there's um, a type two Enneagram, a type nine Enneagram also has this personality where we, we too easily jump into another person's perspective and jump too quickly to their emotions and experience. And we don't do enough of the self work to connect our experience with that. And so Hmm. that's not empathy either. So empathy really is, if you just put at a basic level, it is, it is the path of connection between two people. And so that, um, requires some self-work as well and not just jumping to another person's perspective. Wow. Yeah. The, I mean, empathy is a, all the more important in these times. I mean, to think about trying to establish the, a relationship with the other, the, you know, a person mm-hmm. with a completely different uh, worldview or life experience that does sound like a daunting task in, in this day and age. Um, but it can be revolutionizing too, I would think, should we be able to overcome some of these hurdles? Tell us the a third one. So number three is the need to manage your own anxiety. Um, so this happens a lot where you're having a conversation with someone that you don't necessarily agree with, or you don't see their perspective. Um, and, and again, there's a threat the threat of disconnection, the threat of my identity, the threat of my beliefs aren't solid. Um, something feels threatening, and so our anxiety goes up. And uh, like Brene Brown would talk a lot about shame. Shame is the the kind of the threat there, the feeling mm-hmm. of shame. Um, and I think that's an anxiety response. And so the ways that we manage that anxiety are unique to us. So some people manage it by, um, fixing it. So, you know, when you, you know, instead of empathizing with somebody, you might go into fix it mode. Um, right. But you don't know anything no. about that, do you? <laughs> no, us men don't know anything about trying to <laughs> just listen to me. women's problems. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. or, um, what are, you know, there's a whole bunch of ways that we, um, I think, uh, Sabrina moon, who's been on the podcast who is a Brene Brown facilitator. Yeah. They call them empathy misses. And so I think these are the ways that we, um, we just strike out, you know, in an attempt to like manage our own anxiety in whatever conversation is happening. Uh, we, we just do some really unhelpful things. Well, what do you mean by like, so, okay. So basically you're just saying that people have anxiety and so they're not able to empathize. They're, yeah. they're trying, it becomes, but they about, just, it becomes about me and okay. my anxiety. I need to, I need to do something to make myself feel better. Oh. And that takes me out of empathy. That's going to remove, because then it's about me, me, me feeling better. Yeah. 
Um, and we're not even conscious that we do this. You know, we, we're not conscious that we're like, um, well, you know, it, it, you know, what are, I'm going to think of some responses that people have had that are about their anxiety. Well, um, well, you know, my mom had, uh, you know, someone's telling you that their parents are sick. Well, my mom had, you know, breast cancer. At least it's not that, you know, those kinds of like real bringing it back to the their self. Yeah. Like there's yeah, anxiety really in that. trying to hear the other mm -hmm. perspective. Okay. It sounds similar to number one with the like wanting certainty, but it's a little bit different. There's an anxiety. Yeah. It's nuanced. You, you, you a want little to, bit. You want to, you want to, yeah, like take down your anxiety by sort of performing a little bit of an act of empathy, but it's not really deep, true, um, interested inquiry into the other. Mm -hmm. Ready to, to um, maybe even <laughs> take action as a result. Yeah. Well, what's a fourth? You have five or six blocks? I have five. Five. Okay. Five. So um, number four is the need for agreement. Uh, yeah. So a lot of people think that empathy is agreeing with someone. And so the desire to find agreement where maybe you feel like you don't agree with someone keeps you from empathizing. And so, um, yeah, I think it's important to know that empathy is not agreement. Well, I mean, empathy is not agreement. But you, you're, you're not necessarily, I mean, you're going to listen to them and you're going to like disagree with their experience and still empathize. Could you flesh that out a little bit? Yeah. More? So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, so you're having a conversation with someone, um, let's just say politically, ideologically different from you. And so you're having a conversation about how they formed that ideology or those beliefs and you can you can hang there with them in that experience. So um, you can imagine what it would be like to have grown up that way, to have had those experiences. If I were in that situation, I think I might have very similar experiences and emotions and reactions to that, you know, to, to what the same way they did. Mm -hmm. So the ability to really step into that, like because you you know what that would feel like, and you're you're, you're imagining and you're understanding what that would feel like, but it doesn't mean you agree with it. It doesn't mean that. But I thought part of empathy is that you all, not only are you going to listen and try to really put yourself into the shoes of the other, but that in the end, it's about turning that listening and maybe compassionate listening into action of some kind. I thought that that was a part of it. And if you disagree, how are you going to yeah, take I action um, upon the I, listening? I, I would, I would say, let's define what we mean by action. First of all, I mean, to me, that's, okay. um, listening is an action. Hmm. Listening is a, is I think one of the most compassionate things we can do. So, um, it's a gift that we can give people, and, and, you know, and I do it all the time, just creating space for people to feel heard and valued and connected um, without doing anything with it. I think that alone is tremendous. Yeah. And, it, and I think it happens a lot where 
I don't necessarily agree with someone, but I, I'm, I work hard to create space to make those. And I'm, it's, it's not all the time for sure, you know, um, but to create some space where we can meet each other in that. I think that, you know, you, you pointing that, that you don't, that's an interesting one that you don't have to agree with them. I think maybe it takes us back to number one a little bit. I think we do fear that they would, there is a kind of a persuasion going on Mm -hmm. when you listen to some, really try to put yourself in someone else's shoes and we don't want to be persuaded, you know, and we we're like, well, you know, I have my arrived at truth. Yeah. Real, real empathy does not need to be persuasion. I mean, it's, it is, it is connection. That is like the basic definition. It's the path to connect with another person. So, and I, the, the desire to persuade, I think goes back to number one, maybe, um, or this need to be right, you know, the, the need to kind of keep our identities and our beliefs bolstered. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Well, let's, uh, let's hit number five and then, um, I have a question for you. Okay. Last one is the, the need to stay in your head. So a lot, okay. I, I, um, you know, through the years and teaching and talking about empathy. And I have, uh, it's really easy for me because I'm a heart type. So I just like live and swim in my emotions. So it's (laughs) like, you know, almost too much. There are a lot of head types who I've talked with and worked with who are, who really struggle with this. Not that they don't want to, they just have a hard time, you know, dipping into their yeah. heart, opening up their heart, uh, really being okay in those emotions. And so it's safer to stay in our heads sometimes. It's safer to say what we think about what we're feeling <laughs> instead of actually feeling it. Yeah. And so, you know, empathy requires you feeling in order to connect with another person. And, and that so, feels threatening on a whole different level. What you're asking me to feel right. when I'm and not so, even comfortable with feeling it anyway. Yeah. So if you're a head type, you would retch, you would much rather think about what you're feeling. So, so empathy requires you to go into feeling it. And so if you've disconnected from your heart, then, and that's just vulnerable and it's uncomfortable yeah then this skill is going to be a little bit harder for you. So men in general, not to overgeneralize, but probably would have a, well, men a, a are, harder yeah, time certainly with this because of socialization. Socialized to not feel as, as to access their feelings, their emotions yeah. as, as quickly or as much as women are. Sure. Huh. Okay. So, <laughs> well, do you think it's at least a step in the right direction to, to try to be thinking about it and be in your head? Yeah. 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 I I have worked with so many clients where I know that if I were to ask them how they felt, they'd shut down. They just would, you know, nope. So to ask them, well, how do you think about whatever uh, is a stepping stone to actually getting to the emotion. Maybe we need some empathy for those people that are in their heads and how they can get out of it. That's right. That's right. I like Uh, that. <laughs> uh, this is good stuff. So, well, besides pursuing our curiosity, is there, I mean, and those are a lot of blocks which are helpful, I think, in a way to go, oh, yeah, that's some of the resistance I'm experiencing as I, you know, 
you know, tiptoe toward the idea of trying to, well, what, how do we start having some of these conversations? How do we start having, uh, conducting some of these, like basically getting into relationship with these others that, I mean, is there, are, are there, is there a, a th anything we can do about it other than just be aware of the resistance within ourselves? Yeah. So <clears throat> I think it, it starts with a lot of, um, introspection and like really understanding your own triggers and things that block you, like things that keep you from this off of the path of empathy and they're unique to all of us. You know, I've got mine, you've got your block. Like we all have yep. something that triggers us and takes us into anxiety and out of empathy. And so we have to figure out what those are. Uh, and, and we know what those are because of the stress response. We know what those are because we are like, oh, I'm like pissed or, or I want to punch somebody or I want to like hide. Like we have some kind of fight, flight, freeze response that, so we have to under, understand that and identify that. I would also encourage people to um, quit blocking and <laughs> people on social media. Yeah. And find a way, like find a way to get off social media to have these heartfelt conversations. And they are happening. And I will say there are, there are faith communities. Uh, my friend Donna L, she's doing these fan this fantastic series of black leaders in our community. Um, put yourself, get off Facebook, get off Twitter, um, the, the cesspools that they are. And a lot of your, outrage, a lot of anger. Yeah. And that's just not, it's not creating empathy. Creating, but that's where a lot of it's social media. Yeah. And but so there are that's other, where a lot of the relationships are. There are other communities out there having these conversations in a okay. much more healthy, productive way. So I think getting like, Quit blocking people and shutting down yeah. your your ability to practice this stuff, but also practice it in ways that are um, helpful for you. So, like, look for like sign up for classes where you are um, having kind of tougher conversations with a facilitator who can really help you build some empathy. Like those are those classes are happening everywhere now. I see them popping up. Um, you know watch watch people model how to do empathy and so you can find those in communities um you know seeing conversations in real time um those conversations like i one of the documentaries i love is color of fear which is from the early 90s and it's a, yeah. a fantastic documentary of about i think it's like eight men um and so to witness those conversations you know, you know, seeing empathy kind of displayed there is really, I think it's, it's just way more helpful than where a lot of people are getting stuck right now, which is in these unhealthy, unproductive conversations on social media. So yeah, I would say those two things would, would be helpful. Um, some healthy introspection and identifying your own triggers and then putting yourself intentionally in conversations where you can practice empathy i think it is super important it's a um it's uh it's tough like a lot of good things 
I think that if we really did, um, if there, if if empathy began to grow more in our culture over the next few years, as opposed to the rise of, I mean, it's charted. There are studies of the rise of uh, more narcissism that we would begin to see a lot of the change that we're wanting to see. Um, but it is, uh, it's a process. Uh, and it's uh, not easy. And if we continue to do things like this, like try to create the conditions for, you know, just bringing up awareness of where you might have resistance of places where you could set the table and try to encourage it by um, trying to encourage others to pursue their, their curiosity. I would say too, it is a little bit of a head approach, but like, you know, we're talking, we've talked a lot about just listening over the past month or so. But um, just getting more educated, mm-hmm. you know, like um, it's really helpful for me to um, understand the concept of racism uh, over the past 400 years in our country when um, I'll, I'll re- review like a documentary, The Uncomfortable Truth, that just recently came out. Mm-hmm. Um, on, I think you can watch it on Prime for free. It's, it's there and it's about an hour and a half maybe. And just to look at like the levels of historic um, oppression and the ways that wealth has been built for so many generations that, you know, like, well, it connects it to now very, very more clearly. And, um, you know, I just think it helped, it helped me a lot with the understanding and it is an uncomfortable truth. Mm-hmm. What I can do through educating myself is try to develop a little bit more empathy and understanding um, for the, say, I guess, outrage. and Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's it. That's empathy. Like being able to observe, like watching this documentary and then like paying attention to your own emotional reaction to it and then going into, um, you know, understanding the lived experience of your black friends based on those 400 years of systemic racism. So that is, that is the, that is the goal that, uh, that I think that's just the starting point. And then from there, we can act, we can build, we can work together toward changing some things. But it really does start with, I'm feeling something when I watch that, and I, I honor that feeling and that experience in you. It's, I, yeah. don't, I, I don't have to um, question it. It is truth, and I see it and feel it with you. Wow. On that note, I think uh, we can conclude on empathy. That is our learning curve as we continue to learn things in this uh, global pandemic. Shelly, it's been great. Um, Always fun. Thanks, honey. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Self Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, join the community on Facebook at the Big Self Society. You can find us at big underscore self on Twitter. And we are also at the Big Self Society on Medium, where we feature and curate content on topics ranging from psychology to creativity and productivity. We'd love to hear from you. What show made an impact on your thinking, your habits, your decision making, or anything else? And anyone you'd like us to reach out to and have on the show, let us know.